Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, this is Note to Self, and I'm your host, Peyton Sarton. From Q&As and breakup tips to simply navigating every stage of life, Note to Self is a space to get messy, explore new perspectives, and ultimately empower yourself and others. Grab some wine or a mocktail, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Okay, Jose. I have my friend Josie on the podcast. Is this your first time on the podcast? No, it's my second time. Okay, I thought so as well. We did like the influencer one. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I've actually gotten a lot of requests for that topic again. Mm. At first, I was like doing a lot of that topic, and then everyone was like, "Can we not talk about this topic?" Because like not everyone's an influencer, and I was like, "You know what? Y'all are correct." Yeah. (laughs) And now I get more inundated with requests for that topic. Yeah. Which I mean, I guess there's like a lot more to talk about now with like so many different layers to social media and like ways you can do it and it's changing every single day like the way we approach our jobs is changing every single day totally but i don't want to talk about that today (laughs) but another story is we don't want to talk about that (laughs) you guys we're not talking about that today all right so josie is here josie's one of my friends one of my more long time influencer friends yeah we met each other quite a long time ago through claudia probably yeah and she's been on my podcast before and we've been through a lot of things since we've met we've become pretty much different people than the people we both met which i think is pretty special that we're still friends now yeah after meeting each other in such a pivotal time in both of our lives Mm -hmm. and becoming genuinely different versions of ourselves in that short period of time i yeah i mean even like just this year alone like yeah like so much has changed and you've been along the whole the whole ride Mm -hmm. so yeah so today i want to talk about obviously what's happened within the last year with you. And we're going to talk breakups. We're going to talk healing, Mm -hmm. finding love again and things like that. But before that, before Mm. like the juicy stuff, let's do some life updates. This life update corner. Okay. So what is new for you? I know, obviously I posted about your furniture line coming out and that collaboration. Can you tell the people about it a little bit? Because I want to give you, you can do like a little shameless plug. Okay. Yeah. yeah, So I guess that's like the the biggest thing is like I just came out with a furniture line collab, which was like a huge dream of mine that I can't even still saying it out loud. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how did that even happen? But yeah. So I had a friend of mine that basically just like took a chance on me and gave me my absolute dream collaboration. She owns Studio CT and we designed a furniture line that just launched what two days ago yeah um, so it's online it's called Senza Tempo and you can get it at studioctdesign.com oh my gosh y'all and this yeah. stuff is so great it's like Thank you. 
You've had these ideas for a long time. Yeah, I mean, this was two years in yeah. the making, so it was a long time. What does it all contain? It's the dresser. Mm-hmm. So it's a dresser, a nightstand, a coffee table, and then there's a couple decor pieces, like an open book stand, and mm-hmm. then there's candles because I'm like a candle freak. I love candles, so yeah. we added those in there. And they're just pieces. I mean, the name Sense of Tempo just means timeless, so I really wanted pieces in people's homes that were quality and that also like were pieces that could live with you through time. You weren't going to just dispose of. So Yeah, they're so, amazing, yeah. amazing you. pieces. Yeah. And I went to the launch of that. It was the cutest. <laughs> studio and everything like that. I feel like you'll just put it together perfectly. Yeah. Josie's really good at curation. Like she, if you guys follow her on social media, you might, if you're coming over here to listen to the podcast, but I feel like your life, you curate things so well and it's so aesthetic. So like walking into that launch, it felt so authentic. Yeah. She, I mean, she, what's really cool is like both of us are very similar in those ways. So it worked out. It was like literally the perfect partnership because she just did such a good job of like everything. So yeah, exciting. it was so exciting. Yeah. Well, my life update is really no update. This okay. week has been rough. <laughs> really? Like work yeah, stuff? Yeah, just or? like work stuff yeah. and like personal life stuff. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know, the whole holiday thing is just coming up and it's just a lot to deal with and like the start of the new year and everything. Yeah. So I just feel like I've been kind of taking a back seat and like just laying so low and mm-hmm. just not doing anything, honestly. I feel like I've yeah. canceled all my plans. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about how I have levels of like go, 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 and then I go full recluse and yes. then go, 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 because it's it's like exhausting. Yeah, I'm feeling that. recluse. I'm feeling like emo. I'm mm-hmm. feeling just like tired. Yeah. So I'm happy that I have you on the podcast this week because I know you so well and I don't have to like work to like yeah, have um, a conversation. really like get to know you yeah. and like understand what to ask you. Like I can come in here like pretty much just like thinking, okay, well, this is what we'll talk about. Yeah. And then it's just easy, yeah. you know, yeah. which I'm grateful for that this week because it's just been, I mean, the week from absolute hell, Not good. but it's ending soon. Yeah. Obviously, tomorrow's Friday. Tomorrow's <laughs> Friday. I'm just going to lay forever. Yeah. Another thing I want to talk about, we talked about this before because we were exchanging theories before the White Lotus season finale. Yes. Yeah, we haven't talked about it yet. Did you watch um, it? I watched okay, it. Okay, yeah. Spoilers are coming. If y'all have not watched or haven't seen it, yeah. just fast forward like a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because Joe's and I were going back and forth on theories. Yeah. I mean, you got real deep into it and real, you know, almost romantic and artistic with your theory with like I did, yeah. the women kind of like offing the men. Yes. Which like there were so many hints at that. Well, I think I overanalyzed the amount of deaths. So I had assumed that there was like way more deaths than just the one that happened or the ones that happened. Like I assumed that each little like bracket of characters had a death within it. Mm -hmm. So I was like trying to figure out out of each group, like who's going to die. But still, I think like it's actually like a perfect segue for this episode. Like I think the overarching theme, though, was about like relationships and men and women and scamming and kind of like you know, mm-hmm. tidbits of misogyny and, and new age relationships and all that kind of stuff. So it was, yeah. it was good. I, I mean, that's it. where that part came in that like we, we were thinking, OK, well, the, the women are going to rise and kill all the yeah, men. That's what I thought. And yeah. what really it is, it's just talking more about like it's discussing misogyny, yes. <laughs> essentially, the, or the patriarchy in a way. Yeah, there was a lot of levels in that. I thought the writing in it was like spot on. No, nope. amazing. So good. Also, yeah. I love Aubrey Plaza. Mm. I watched her other movie on Netflix, like Emily, the criminal. Oh, or yeah, whatever. I need to watch that. That movie was so fucking good. Yeah, I just like. She's hard not to love. Yeah, I like her too. I mean, I, I like I just go back to Parks and Rec when I think of her. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think she banged Theo James's character? Yeah, no, I don't actually. I think that I was actually surprised that any of that even happened because I thought she was using it as a way to kind of like get back at him, even if she kind of did. But I think 
I don't think that they had sex. I kind of think that what she was saying is true. Mm -hmm. I think they were probably maybe potentially going to. But I want to ask you, do you think that Ethan and Daphne had sex on that island? I have no idea. I think so. Because I think think that's kind of what got him to kind of like, because then he had sex with... but that makes sense. Harper later. Yeah. Yes. So that I think, so makes sense. I think that was that's what happened. Well, what yeah. else are you watching now? Like, honestly, we were just, Arthur and I were just talking about it. Like, there's nothing on right now to watch. Yeah. Like, I feel like we blew through everything. And there's like, we were trying to watch like old shows and stuff. So I, my answer is boring. I don't, nothing. We're just like rewatching crap. We watched um, Prisoners on Netflix right now. It's an older movie. Mm-hmm. That was really fucking good. Okay, I need to you should watch that, that tonight. It was really good. Um, have you seen the Brad Pitt movie, The Bullet Train one? No. It's actually good. Oh, another movie that I'm obsessed with, which is about podcasting. Mm-hmm. You have to watch it. If you're an Office fan too, it's BJ Novak wrote or, and directed this movie called Vengeance. And okay. it's on Amazon. You can rent it, but it's about a podcaster mm-hmm. that's trying to like write the story and find himself within it. But it's so funny. It's so good. And he's just... I, I, I really recommend yeah. it. Well, Avengers. I love The Office. Yes. Obviously. Yeah. Ashton Kutcher's in it. A bunch of people are in it. It's really good. Oh, my God. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Okay. What about podcasts? What podcast do you listen to? I mean, don't kill me, but I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen to many podcasts anymore. I need to get back on it. You listen but... to music? Yeah. I'm okay. like a big music person. It yeah. comes in waves for me. Like sometimes I'll listen to music and then sometimes I'll listen to podcasts. Yeah. Obviously, crime is always crime. my number one. Yeah. Today, I listened to the deck. Obviously, I started the day off with some murder. Perfect. Love that. It's beautiful. We love starting a day off with a good crime. I it's know, perfect. right? Yeah. I've been listening to, I think I mentioned this last week, but AG University. Do you know Anna Grace? Oh, yeah. Remember? Oh, we yeah, got, of course. Yeah, so she started a podcast that is oh, actually, cool. it's really, really, really good. Nice. Which I, I hadn't really known the spiritual side of her too much. Mm-hmm. And then she started the podcast and like now I've gotten to know that side of her a little bit more and like just through the podcast. Yeah. So it's interesting to like see someone you know. Totally. In a different light, I guess. And she's just, about you. she's really good. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's See a different vibe. That. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, cool. You have to check it out. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm not willing to sacrifice in this life is the quality of the food I eat and the supplements I take. I always want the best, organic and high quality, which has proven to be very costly over the years. With Thrive Market, however, I've started saving so much money shopping for all of my favorites. Thrive Market is my go-to for all of my grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting it all quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver. I love the brand Enzyme Medica for my supplements. I like Thrive Market's brand for my favorite matcha lemonade and Bare Bones for the bone broth, specifically the rosemary lemon chicken bone broth. It's my absolute favorite. As a Thrive Market member, I can save money on every single order. On average, I save over 30% each time. More specifically, I saved $50 on my last order, which is so huge. On top of the massive savings on each order, Thrive Market has a deals page that changes daily, giving me cash back on so many brands, and they have a price match guarantee. Not only does Thrive Market save me money, but they also save me time. I love the filters on their website or app. They have over 70. Whether you're looking for certified gluten-free snacks or non-toxic cleaning essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a click of a button. I like to keep personally, low sugar, high protein snacks in my apartment to eat throughout the day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. Join Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash note to self for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash note to self. 
thrivemarket.com slash note to self. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey girl, hey, welcome to Taste of Taylor, my weekly podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker. You might know me from Sirius XM Radio. I mean, I was there for like 12 years after all. But then Howard Stern allegedly got jealous of me, so I had to leave. I was actually able to pull myself up by the bootstraps and start my own podcast, Taste of Taylor, which is now officially with Dear Media. I'm so excited to say that. Ha! So I promise you in this podcast, you're going to either learn about something, you're going to be inspired by someone that's like always coming from a perspective of like humor, then this is the place for you. I hope you enjoy this little snack. Okay, so let's talk about what we really came here to talk about. Get to the meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. I was laughing before I even came here because I was like, you know, for so long, I like I'm such like a private person in this way, and mm-hmm. I don't like share a lot about relationships or anything unless they're with my close friends. So obviously, you've heard and been along for this journey, but like in terms of like me showing this part of myself on the internet, like I don't, and yeah. I always would plug like Billie Eilish. I don't talk shit about you on the internet. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I felt like after a while, I was like, I feel like it's therapeutic for both me and your audience to like mm-hmm. for me to finally like let out my story, and also hopefully I can fucking help somebody out there who's going through the same thing so and it's more about you and less about the man involved or any man involved you know i mean it's not about your story it's not about bashing someone it's about sharing how you dealt with specific Mm -hmm. events in your life yeah which again like you said is really helpful for people exactly so let's go back let's go back yeah let's go back to let's say january of this year okay can you talk about kind of the headspace you were in, kind of where you were, um, yeah. and kind of explain to the audience more so they have like a, a starting point? Yeah. So, I mean, it was further back than January. But we'll just take it back to where it's like it's been a year, basically. Yeah. But I was in a very long-term relationship. So I was with somebody for almost nine years, and which is insane when I even say that number out loud. But yeah, so I was dating somebody for a really long time. And it was, you know, of course, I like... I'm going to try to practice not to be so much like fluffy, but like I was in a toxic relationship basically for a really long time. And I don't mean any ill will towards this person, but you know, it was, it was not a healthy relationship. And I kind of let that relationship exist in like a vacuum for so much of my life. And I had dealt with so much childhood trauma and adult life drama, you know, with my family and a lot of really hardships. And, and that relationship kind of was a toxic way to like fill that void in my life for so long. It was kind of how I reframed it in my head is like, this is my family. You know, this is all I have. I felt I was going through a lot of things where I felt really hopeless. I was lost. I, you know, and and that relationship existed for so long. And, and it was so hard to kind of pop that bubble and look at it from the outside. It was the best way I can think of it is like if you're standing up close to a painting, you're never going to see the whole picture. Like mm-hmm. I let myself like exist so face front in it that I only looked at the good parts. And like when you back up and you see the big picture, you're like, holy shit, this is like not good. Yeah. So. Well, can I ask you, what was it that helped you step away from this metaphorical painting? Yeah. Like how, what tools did you use? How did that come about that you were even able to think about stepping away or popping the bubble? Yeah. So I think for me, like when you're existing in like the that toxic cycle of 
what's kind of called a roller coaster relationship where there's high high and low lows like you expect that you know with the high highs you kind of ignore everything else you don't want to take a look at everything that's actually happening because it's so hard for you to kind of take a step back in those moments and I think for me personally I was in a point in my life where I felt like I had nowhere to go and I had no way to like step back and look and I think that I got to a point where I realized I, in order to love this person, I was not loving myself. So the harder I was loving him, the less I started to feel like me and the less I was having any self-worth. And once I was so intertwined and feeling like completely hopeless, I think I realized I needed to take a step back and I needed to pop that bubble by even talking to anybody about it. And I Mm -hmm. think that was like a huge transition for me was, like I said earlier, like I let that relationship exist in such solitude because I was protecting this person for so long because I didn't want people to hate him or judge me. And it was that intertwining of me feeling shame and guilt and not being able to forgive myself for staying in something so toxic for so long. And then also not wanting anybody to know the reality of it. Mm -hmm. So as soon as I kind of like opened my mouth and was like talking to people and sharing it even in in bits and having people who actually genuinely were a support system and care about me, you included in Mm -hmm. that, who were able to say to me, this isn't right. And once that kind of trajectory happened is when I started to take slow step backs and like look at what I guess the metaphor of the big picture is and see you are not looking at this from a frame that is reality. You're just looking at it from something that you want to be real so bad and only one little piece of it is good, Mm -hmm. but most of it is something that's just so detrimental to yourself. So like once I kind of looked at it all, I was like, holy shit, I have completely lost myself along the way and I needed to be able to see that in order to step away. Yeah. And I think that's that's the big key part that takes so much time because I would assume you've known kind of in your gut and your heart of hearts like there was something off or things made you feel horrible that mm-hmm. happened within the relationship for probably a long time. Yeah. But having that like almost aha moment, whether it comes through other people or just perspective on yourself or just something deep internal work, mm-hmm. that is such a huge moment. Yeah. And it's hard to get there. It's so hard. And I think that that's like something that I, you know, wanted to say to your audience too, is like, I totally get when you're in that mindset and you're like, there's just no getting out of this and I'm comfortable. I've been in this relationship for so long. How am I going to start over? How am I going to find something new? But you're having somebody disrespect you and disrespecting yourself in turn by staying in that relationship. Like, you're never going to get anywhere. You're just going to stay in that endless loop and that endless cycle. And for me, like, I think what was hardest for me is I just didn't realize how bad, like, all of those, I mean, basically I just was cheated on for like a really long time. And it's like all those instances of cheating and, you know, feeling like I had just absolutely no self-worth made me feel like there was nowhere to turn. Like I just had, Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel like I could be myself through all of that. And I could even see who I was anymore because I wanted so badly for that relationship to work. Yeah. So. Well, you're a very loyal person and that's kind of how I am too. Like I'll make things work as much as possible. But then again, obviously when they, when I have the aha moment, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, things aren't working ever again. Yeah. (laughs) Like you get, you just get this like 
you're loyal to a, almost to a fault, mm-hmm. but you're also loyal to a certain point. And once that happens, you kind of are like, you get pushed and you are willing to kind of, it's so not within my nature, I guess, to give up. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but it's important to do so when you feel like you need to. And I think that it's it's not even, it's like, I think I framed that way. I framed it that way and manipulated myself for so long as I'm not giving up on this and framing it as this is love, right? Oh, it's just a hardship that you're going through with loving somebody. Oh, it's just going to be, you know, this is part of being in a relationship is you're supposed to work through this and get through this. But that's just not true. You know, mm-hmm. I think that you think loving somebody means staying through all that, but like you really have to where I'm trying to forgive myself right now. And the biggest thing that was hard through the breakup was forgiving myself for not allowing that to continue. And Mm -hmm. I was sort of enabling those behaviors for so long because I would continue to forgive and, and think that this is just part of our journey as a partnership, but it's really just like lies and manipulation that you're telling yourself in order to believe so badly that this is going to work. And I think one of the proudest moments in my life was walking away from it and mm-hmm. was saying no more and kind of having that like, I, I honestly genuinely felt like I was in like a coma for so long. I just didn't see the reality of the situation at all. Yeah. And the second that I stepped away from it, I was like, wow, that's not something I should have stayed in for that long. And I wish that I could have told myself a long time ago to love myself enough, like mm-hmm. to say no more, you know? Well, let's talk about kind of, you know, when we're talking about saying no more, what was the final straw for you or was there one? Because I remember y'all had somewhat of a long kind of breakup. Yes. Because yeah. there was the move out process. Yeah. And the, you know, so what really for you made you have that conversation? I think, and, and this is so funny, I've been seeing this on TikTok for so long and I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think that when you make the decision to leave somebody, it's a long process. So you kind of end that relationship before the relationships actually ended. And Mm -hmm. I kind of was mentally checked out for a year before I even broke up with him because Mm -hmm. I was so afraid to leave. And I think that the fear is what kept me for so long, but I knew, and I think most people do know. And I I remember when I posted on my Instagram stories for questions, a lot of people asked, how do you know when it's time to leave? And I think if you're even asking that question, right? If Mm -hmm. you start asking yourself, I'm not happy. I feel like I want to leave. I don't know how I would do this. It's probably because you're already checked out. And so if at that point too, sorry to go back for a second. I feel like for me, I was so unhappy. I just became like a shell of a person. I think for me, it was a systematic thing. Like there was, you know, the cheating. And then after the cheating, it was, I'm sorry, let me make this better to you. I'm going to be the person you want. And then Mm -hmm. I would start to trust again and lean towards this person. As soon as I did that and things were really good, it would happen again Mm -hmm. and it would happen again and it would happen again. And so I got to the point where through that happening so many times, I just lost myself completely. And Mm -hmm. I think that once I realized there's no hope in this future, and that's the big thing and the big takeaway that I want people to kind of think about when they're thinking about how do I leave or when is the right time to leave is when you think about the future, when you think about this person as going into your life and and actually being the partner that you need, is that there? Is mm-hmm. there the support you need? Is there the love you need? Is there a future together? Because if you get to that point and you hit a wall and there's no way to move forward, mm-hmm. then it's time to go. And yeah. I got to that point. I realized 
nothing I do was going to change. It didn't matter how hard I loved him, how any tactic that I tried to make it better, couples therapy, anything. There was no future. And I decided I'm going to love and respect myself enough to make a future for myself and leave. So I recently visited a Korean spa here in Los Angeles for a facial and a body treatment, which happened to be two of the best treatments of my entire life. So I took note of what products they were using to make my skin feel this amazing. And it was all Osea. I've never felt softer and more renewed after any type of treatment before. And lately, I've been thinking a lot about what I'm wanting to gift basically everyone in my life this holiday season. And I realized that so many of my loved ones would enjoy the feeling of soft, glowing skin. Osea is the perfect gift for the lover of that luxury. Osea is a California-based skincare and body care brand that has been making clean, vegan, and cruelty-free skincare products for over 25 years. They use seaweed as their hero ingredient because it's a nutrient-rich superfood with endless benefits, including anti-aging and moisturization. Osea products are clinically proven to work, and they're climate-neutral certified, so they make amazing gifts for everyone on your list. Osea's bestseller minis collection is the perfect gift and only available for a limited time. It's a six-piece set of luxurious skincare and body care favorites and a convenient and adorable travel size for a complete glow-up from head to toe. It contains three best-selling face products, the Ocean Cleanser, Hyaluronic Sea Serum, Seabiotic Water Cream, and three best-selling body moisturizers, including their TikTok-famous Andaria Algae Body Oil. And it's packaged in a beautiful box that's easy to gift wrap. But with packaging this pretty, you can pretty much skip the wrapping altogether. All of Osea's products are clean, clinically proven, and consumer-tested. They're the perfect addition to your winter skincare and body routine. For a gift that will impress, check out Osea's Best Sellers Mini Collection. Right now, our listeners get 10% off your first order with promo code note to self at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. That's 10% off at osea, O-S-E-A, malibu.com, promo code note to self. Doing my weekly hair treatment feels like a luxurious spa experience at home, and that's made even better when the treatment makes my hair look and feel amazing at the same time. K18 is bringing you the future of hair care with their leave-in molecular repair hair mask that reverses damage in just four minutes. Unlike most products that cover up damage, this clinically proven breakthrough repairs damage from bleach and color, chemical surfaces, and heat on all hair types, which I definitely need. I've been coloring my hair for like 15 years at this point. It definitely needs some TLC. The secret is in their patented K18 peptide, born after 10 years of complex bioscience research to restore strength and elasticity in the innermost layers of your hair. I'm telling y'all, using K18 has drastically changed the texture and feel of my hair, making it stronger and then making it look so much more hydrated and silky and soft. So it's also easier to manage while I'm styling. I've been on my hair journey for quite a while and adding K18 into my routine has helped so much. Since damage is ongoing, you can start fresh with stronger, softer, smoother, bouncier hair that lasts. No wonder their leave-in molecular repair hair mask went viral. I'm sure you'll have already seen this on TikTok before. The best part is K18's easy leave-in fits into any routine, so you can repair daily damage with less stress and frustration and unlock new levels of self-expression. Bring your hair into the future with K18 Molecular Repair, available now at Sephora and Sephora.com. Shop K18's Leave-In Molecular Repair Hair Mask at Sephora and Sephora.com. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. 
Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. I remember that whole process. I remember we were texting, you know, yeah. early stages and everyone has those moments of like, did I do the right thing? Yeah. Is this correct for me? You're upset. You're, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just like a chaos and like whirlwind. Can yeah. you bring us through that first, like maybe like week or so when you're kind of almost in denial? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, and that's, that's exactly where I was, is I was to a point where it was such a big decision for me. And so many levels of that were such a big decision because it wasn't just walking away from a relationship. It was walking away from somebody who I had identified as my family. So I didn't really feel like I had family or had a support system that I needed. And when you're with somebody throughout your entire 20s, you grow so much together. So you think, this is my life. And so for me, it wasn't just walking away from that. It was walking away from my best friend. It was walking away from my support system, from my family. And I think I, during that phase, was so afraid. I was so scared to lose all of that, to start over. How the hell would I ever trust anybody again after Mm -hmm. that? How am I supposed to even start relationships again? What the fuck is dating going to be like now, almost 10 years later with dating apps and all that shit? And so I was constantly teetering between staying in what I thought was comfortable and leaving into the uncomfortability. And I think the way that I did it that I think helped me the most was reframing it in my brain instead of such a hopeless moment, the breakup, of framing it as like an exciting part of my life. And so it's almost like you didn't lose somebody. Like you got lucky that you walked away Mm -hmm. because that time in your life where you're going through that emotional turmoil is like a pivotal moment in your life of change Mm -hmm. where you're deciding for your life to do better and you're deciding for your life that this is going to be a change that propels me into the future rather than keeps me stagnant in this time. Mm -hmm. And so though I was like teetering back and forth of like, should I do this? I'm scared. He's my best friend. I remember saying to you so many times, like, you don't get it. He's my person. You don't get it. He's Mm -hmm. my best friend. How can I leave? How can I do this? It was... I should leave and I should do this because this is not right for me at all anymore. Yeah, you just didn't like who you were at the end of the day with him also. Exactly. And making it simple, kind of. So right after y'all break up, you had this moment. We had this, you know, we had an emotional time, obviously. And then comes the big thing of you're in your home that you've Mm -hmm. shared with him. 
and he's obviously not there anymore yeah. and you're living there and you're deciding like, do I leave this home? Yeah. Do I pack up and move somewhere else? I think there was probably fear there too to let go of that yeah. as well. There's so many like layers to that as well because it's like you live in this home with somebody that you have, you know, kind of framed as an extension of the relationship, right? So like mm-hmm. the place that I was living in was not only what I framed as a safe space for me, it was an extension of us. And so living there after we broke up, I for a little bit too, that was another like piece of the puzzle that was hard for me to give up because I felt like it was my way to kind of keep my claws into something that was gone. And it was like living in a haunted house. Like I, the walls were just like embedded with us and even sleeping in the same bed and living in that house was probably one of the hardest things I went through. And I remember just realizing that in order to really make these changes in my life and to really like actually walk away from the relationship meant walking away from everything that it was tied to, Mm -hmm. including the place that I was living. So it was like making the decision to completely change my life and everything in it. Like Mm -hmm. not, not only just leaving the relationship, but changing where I lived, realizing that people in my life weren't serving me anymore and finding myself after nine years of being not myself and feeling like my identity was that relationship. So like learning myself again and what I wanted from my life and where I wanted to live was part of it. Yeah. And you didn't end up, you didn't like like block his number or anything Mm -hmm. like that. You kept it, you guys kept in touch through the whole thing and still sometimes to this day, obviously just for random tidbits here and there. And I know now like into the future, we're, we're jumping forward to present. I know now the not even non-relation, it's like the friendship almost that you have with the same guy. You are not tempted to go back. You're not tempted to call him in times of like distress. Like I think you have a very healthy relationship with that. And some people need that, like the blocking of the number and the, Mm -hmm. you know, that's like breakup one-on-one. You hear from everyone, like block the number, do not talk to them, do not call them, do not text them, do not answer, like do not get on Instagram and stalk them. Like you need to have a clean break for a sec and just like figure yourself out. And I think it's interesting that you did all of that while kind of being still in contact, you know? Yeah. And I'll say that that's something that I don't stand by. Like, I think that every, and and here's the thing, like breakups aren't universal. Like not everybody's going to have the same type of breakup. It might be like a really cordial breakup and, and it might be something that you can have a friendship. But I will say that I do think that once you do make that decision to leave, you really do have to have a clean break. And for me, I think it was hard for me because I wanted something beautiful to come out of that relationship. I wanted something good to have happened even through the breakup because I was having such a hard time forgiving myself for what I felt like was wasting so much of my life with the wrong person. So I thought, okay, well, if we can have a friendship after this and I can still be, he could still be my family and maybe that's the beautiful thing that came of it, Mm -hmm. it would make me feel better. But in reality, that's just you holding on to something still. Mm -hmm. And so I personally think, and again, this is not right for everybody, but I think when you really decide that this, that relationship isn't good, you really need to take a complete step away from it Mm -hmm. and detox from it because that ended up hindering me in the initial breakup from healing and jumping into things and dating faster than I should have because I didn't take that time in solitude. I kind of still 
leaned on that to help me. Yeah. And so and that's get, hard for me to admit. But yeah, it's true, absolutely. You know, I mean, th- that takes inner work. Yeah. And that really hasn't even been that long since that point. So the fact that you're already here understanding that is yeah. huge. So let's talk about how it was dating after that, because you, like you said, kind of jumped in with two feet. Yeah. Got on dating apps. Mm-hmm. I think at first it was more of I remember because I wasn't living here at the time, but I remember you being like, I'm dating this guy and I'm dating this guy. And I'm going to be a heartbreaker. Like yeah. this is the whole phase. <laughs> yes. Because you, didn't get, like, yeah, you yeah. didn't get like true villain era, Joes, because you no. started dating your ex at 21, right? Yeah. Okay. So I think a lot of things were like happening to me during that time. I like even before that relationship, I was somebody that never experienced life. Like I was somebody who worked two jobs, went to community college, then went to college, then went to my master's program. I never went out. I never had fun. I never was dating. Mm -hmm. I never had crazy stories like my friends had. I just was working and being in that toxic relationship for so long. And so Mm -hmm. I felt like after I left, I wanted to like find me again and have fun and have these crazy experiences and date and see what dating apps were like and all those things. But I don't feel like I took enough time to myself Mm -hmm. to sit with it. And so looking back at the breakup, I'm so proud of myself for leaving, but I do wish that I took a little bit of time just to really not avoid it and Mm -hmm. feel it all and sit with it. And use that time more for me because I just jumped right into being like, okay, I'm going to party. I'm going to make up for lost time. I'm going to get on all the dating apps. And you went for it. Yes. I will say so. I did an episode with my friend Kimberly Mm -hmm. and it was called Who You Met in New York. I love her. She's great. So we did uh, a guide to your best breakup ever. Okay. And she's like a couple years out from her last breakup Mm. that shattered her, she said. And like she gives such good advice because she's one so smart. And Mm -hmm. I love how like authentic to herself she is but like compassionate she is and like she just gets it yeah and so we have that episode up right now and she talks a lot about these things like she calls it mashed potato phase like right after you break up like you need to feel the shittiest you've ever felt in your life and get it out one of the best pieces of advice that like somebody ever gave me a long time ago was like cry your eyes out listen to all the sad songs listen all the watch all the sad movies sit in your house whatever and Mm -hmm. really feel it all and then at some point you do have to get up again which means even if you take it like for me like I didn't eat I just was like on the floor as a fucking puddle for like days after that thinking like there's no way anything's ever gonna get better I'm never gonna feel okay again I'm never gonna want to be with anybody again but it it is true and I know it's so hard to hear when you're going through a breakup but like you will stand up again like and and I think that part of the mashed potato thing that she was talking about is like letting yourself be that for a little bit and then taking the steps to even get up and shower yeah go to coffee with a friend for 30 minutes and then go back home and cry but take Mm -hmm. those small steps to just try to you know I almost say like fake it till you make it but with a twist where it's like you have to try and be okay but at Mm -hmm. the same time while acknowledging that this fucking sucks and it's going to suck for a little bit and letting yourself feel that but also getting up well it's like it's like giving yourself grace but understanding there's hope at the end yes kind of for a better life you have to get through this portion of it to even see that kind of so let's talk about the dating apps yes yeah you signed up for all the apps i did i signed up you had the hinge you had raya Mm mm-hmm the you, ultimate war people always talk yes. about Hinge or Raya or whatever, yeah. I think Hinge is used for dating. There's no one I ever really met up with from Raya that, like, was actually supposed to be someone I was dating. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I met Joe on Raya, but, like, that's 
that's the only person I was on there from 21 to 26 when I met Joe. Mm-hmm. Not one single time did I use it as an actual dating app. Yeah, no, Raya is not great at all. Like the way it's even built is is really not like I don't think it's built for dating at all. If I'm honest, like you go on there, you flip through, you see pictures of people and then you match. And then 99 percent of the time, either they DM you or message you and go hi and you don't respond mm-hmm. or they, you know, or you say something and it's like it kind of falls flat, basically. Yeah. And it's I don't think it's it's built like the design of it is not really built to create relationships. I think you got lucky or maybe you guys both put in the work. And I mm-hmm. think there's obviously a chance you can meet somebody in any situation if two people are willing to like actually yeah, get to know each to other. It. Yeah. And you're and there's like you're in the same place, right? It's not location based, obviously, mm-hmm. like. It is supposed to be for like bougie LA, New York exactly. kind of thing. It's not supposed to be for dating. So when people ask that question, I'm like, hinge. If yeah. you want to get, if you want to actually go on dates, go on hinge. Yeah. People on Raya are in freaking Ibiza right now. Like yeah. they're not, they're not in your area. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like guys, they'll be like, can I fly you out to like right. whatever city they're playing? Mm-hmm. And like, it's not real dating. No. So I feel like hinge is realistic. It is. And I think the way that it's built is it definitely, there, I think, Hinge is definitely built to work. Like, I know that their slogan is, like, the dating app that you're supposed to delete at the end. And, like, it does. But I I honestly think that with all types of media, whether it's Hinge or Instagram or anything, like, it's all about what you put into it and Mm -hmm. what you're getting out of it. So, like, if you're on there just to hook up or somebody's on there just to hook up, like, that's kind of what they're going to put out there. And you, at the end of the day, have to, like, look at it as while it's, like, a good first initial thing you have to like take it that one step further and like kind of get to know that person, feel it out, have conversations with them instead of just, you know, flipping through pictures and deciding that that's the person you're going to date or whatever because the the work comes after that initial. But it is, I think those dating apps are perfect for finding people, Mm -hmm. you know, and getting to know people and going on dates. Yeah. But it's all about what you do after that. Yeah. That really counts. I agree. That's a good that's a good measure, because I always say talk on the dating app, but get to some form of communication outside of the app. Yes. If you're serious about seeing this person and stuff like Mm -hmm. phone or, you know, Instagram, if they DM you like something else outside of obviously texting would be ideal. Yeah direct yeah yeah if you don't feel comfortable giving somebody's number i think it's yeah. fine to like message on there but i i mean like i was the type of person that on hinge i had like so many conversations and like i feel like you know when that conversation can move forward like there mm-hmm. is like a a certain first tier level of like talking to that person of you know okay like this is somebody that's actually good at engaging in conversation mm-hmm. and you do get a good initial feel for somebody there but i think it is like we just said all about moving off of that into what is gonna work or what's not gonna work and yeah so so you met male number two of this year I did on hinge on hinge Can yeah you take us through kind of because now we're getting in you know into the area where you're saying I wish I hadn't had yeah. rushed into this so can you give us like kind of a timeline of like how you first connected with him when this was after mm-hmm. you moved out yeah and I feel like all of this is like my way of telling you guys, like, this is what I, like, how my story went and almost, like, as kind of a cautionary tale, if you mm-hmm. will, because it's, it's like, I think when I talked about earlier, like, existing in a vacuum and not, like, knowing which way to turn, I, part of the reason why I even wanted to sit here and do this with you is to have it so that people can hear these stories and go, okay, like, don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> so when I got, obviously, like I said, it was such a long-term nine-year relationship and I, didn't do the work initially up front. I just went right into being like party and dating and all that. And so I did meet a guy on Hinge and 
initially when I was, you know, on those dating apps, I really was like, I'm not looking to be in a full-fledged relationship. I'm going to go be single. I'm going to go do my thing. And I remember the night, like, I I was supposed to go on a date with him. I didn't even want to go. Like, my sister was like, you need to just start going on dates. Like, go try. Mm -hmm. Put yourself out there. And I was like, okay. So I went out, and it wasn't even that good of a first date. Like, it was good, but it wasn't anything. And I just remember because I was so— I was so wanting to fill that void at that time in my life with things that I shouldn't be, like dating, Mm -hmm. like guys, that I kind of, well, I was love-bombed, essentially. So I, you know, this person made it out like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm basically going to do everything that your ex didn't do for you, right? So it's like, oh, you like going on dates. I'm going to take you on dates. Oh, he never bought you flowers. I'm going to buy you flowers. Mm -hmm. And so... That is something that I think we all have the ability to kind of get tricked by is everybody just like an extension of a dating app is going to show you their best sides first and they want to be with you. So they're going to show you all of the good things, all that they have to offer. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think that's what's wrong with dating nowadays is we all like rush into things too fast. We're kind of don't have the patience and we over romanticize things Mm -hmm. where we don't really take that much time to get to know somebody So if you're jumping into something in that initial phase where somebody's showing you all the best parts of them, of course, you're going to want to jump into a relationship with them. You know, you're going to be like, oh, this is perfect. This is everything I wanted. Amazing. But, you know, people can only wear a mask for so long. Mm -hmm. You know, after a couple months, you really start to see the things. Oh, this part of this person annoys me or this is really who they are. Yeah. I think that with that phase in my life, I wasn't taking my time. I mm-hmm. was just rushing right into something that I felt like would replace all of those things and fill that void for me. And it ended up being a situation that was, you know, I was completely blindsided by. I rushed into a relationship with somebody who didn't have the ability to love me back. And I think, you know, wanted just to kind of, I don't know, I, I don't know how to say this. I think he wanted just to... I think he wanted to cosplay a relationship. <laughs> maybe. Kind of. Like, yeah. that's the vibe I was getting from him. Like, I feel like maybe he didn't understand what work looks like in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And it was more about, like, him getting something he wanted. Yeah, because once things, I feel like, got hard and real is mm-hmm. when, you know, it kind of hit the fan. And I think that that's something that I wish that I did and that I learned from from that was I really want like to emphasize how important it is I think to like get to know somebody and Mm -hmm. really take your time with it and go slow like don't just fall for all of the roses and the dates and the the romantic parts of it Mm -hmm. you want to take the time to know that person's great side and their ugly side and show them your vulnerable side and if they choose to stick around after that Mm -hmm. that's like a huge testament that it's going to work but if you start opening up to somebody and showing them you know, your needs and what you need and actually be a real human that takes work to be with Yeah, and they run, then that's, you know, what you don't want for your yeah, life. Yeah, so. absolutely. So tell us, so you moved out finally of your place and into a new one in like what, January-ish? No. So that was way after. So okay. I moved um, in June. So. Okay. Well, where, how am I thinking it was January? Because y'all yeah. You lived there for like a while. A while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think, well, part of it was my lease wasn't up for a while. And then I, what really happened was, is when that breakup happened, I realized that both breakups happened at once for me. Like mm-hmm. I never processed the first the breakup, breakup number two. Yes. And this happened in June too, right? In May. Yeah. In May. Okay. Yeah. 
So within a within not even six months. Yeah. They were I was going, going through, through another the breakup. Second breakup. Yeah. 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 And so at that point, I had really hit like a super intense rock bottom where I felt, you know, I had rushed into this and I didn't take the time to get to know myself at all and what I wanted. And then just was realizing that that breakup was so hard for me, not because of the relationship itself, but because both had happened in such a short duration apart that mm-hmm. I felt them both at the same time. And I realized in that moment, I am going to keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again and finding people that aren't right for me and putting myself in this situation if I don't do the hard work and change. Yeah. And so coupled with the fact that I felt like I was living in a haunted house, I was going through two breakups. I was not knowing what to do with my life. I just kind of finally decided, okay, if you are going to have a successful relationship and a successful future for yourself, it's time to put yourself in therapy, Mm -hmm. which I had put off for so long and deal with this, like not avoid it, not run from it, not date people just because it's going to fill a void, but like do the work for real. It feels good. It feels good to do that. And it's hard to say no when it feels so good. Exactly. I'm so proud of you for going to therapy and you love your therapist. Yeah, he's the best. I, I like was really lucky in finding somebody that I felt like helped me through that so much and made me see how beautiful of a moment all of that was. And like, I can't reiterate that enough of how much you look back at those really hard moments and those rock bottom moments. And you really have to change the narrative. And that's what my therapist taught me is what you tell yourself in your brain is what you believe. Mm -hmm. And so if you believe that those breakups are something you're never going to recover from and something you're never going to come back from, you're going to believe that. But if you not trick yourself, but tell yourself that, like, be grateful for this moment, like Mm -hmm. thrive from it, take that pain and all that and use it to change and use it to not make the same mistakes. Because I think why people are in repetitive, toxic relationships, and I'm speaking for myself personally, is because I didn't do the inner work to heal from any of those. And so you will repeat the same mistakes in different people mm-hmm. because it's comfortable. Yes. Yeah. And if you learn, okay, all of those things that I don't like and all of those red flags that you know exist with both relationships, they were there from the start. Mm-hmm. The people will tell you who they are in the beginning. You just kind of want to romanticize it so much and that you ignore it. Mm-hmm. But once you kind of pay attention to those and listen to your intuition and have have done the work to actually start loving yourself and seeing yourself as somebody who deserves love, who deserves what you just what you think is the perfect relationship for yourself and find what your actual needs are. That's when you start to break that cycle. Mm -hmm. You start to walk away and initially see that, okay, this person's great, but they don't have what I need or they're not going to offer me what I need and Mm -hmm. move on from it rather than trying to fit these puzzle pieces together that are never going to fit. Yeah. You know, I think that's such a good way to put it. Yeah. And I remember going through that because I've sit here, I've sat here and seen, you know, the back end of everything and just all the back and forth. And, you know, I was the one that was like, I've been single for most of my life and most of my 20s. And then you hadn't been single for most of your Mm -hmm. 20s. So we were kind of trying to like draw on each other for like advice when it came to relationships and it came to single life. But I remember that time and I remember you I remember the first time I went to your house and you said something about what your therapist said and you like explained it to me and I was just like, oh my God, <laughs> she did it. Yeah. She started therapy. <laughs> she, and you were like, she was like, <laughs> Josie's like, oh my God, you changed my life today. Like, listen yeah. to what he said. I'm like, 
Uh huh. Like yeah. this is the beauty of therapy because when you find the right one, it's transformative. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about you know what some things that really hit you hard or really spoke to you during your time in therapy. I don't know if you're still in it right now, but so far, yeah. like. I think it's, for me, it was about going back and doing the inner work. And I think that that's the hardest part that I, for so long, wanted to avoid. And I realized that a lot of those relationships, a lot of what made them crumbled is I felt hopeless in my life. And I felt a lot of, you know, I had bigger issues from, you know, my childhood trauma that were playing such a large role in those relationships. And I wanted so badly to ignore them. And Mm -hmm. once you kind of are faced with having to hit them head on, you develop these pathways where you see like, oh my, like uh, the way I explained it to my therapist was I felt like I had all of these things that were happening in my life, but there was no way to connect them. Like Mm -hmm. all of these cords were completely cut and I was felt lost. I felt in a room like I didn't know which way to turn and I was constantly spinning. And with each therapy session, a cord was connected, a cord was connected. And once those were connected, I had a pathway to see, okay, this is why this is happening. Because Mm -hmm. back here, this is making me feel this way, which is resulting in this. And once you can see that path clearly is when you don't repeat those same things over and over again. So, you know, it, for example, I felt so tormented by the fact that I stayed in a relationship that was so bad for me and so detrimental and now looking back and seeing why I stayed and why maybe I was afraid to leave mm-hmm. made it so that I won't I would never do that again and you kind of forgive yourself yeah. you know you you understand now and you see yourself and you think okay I can give myself grace for this and I can forgive myself now because I see like it logically makes sense that I would act this way that's the hardest part of it too is I think learning to not only forgive that person for the things that they did, because I really think that that's a huge stepping stone of this is somebody leaving and somebody doing horrible things to you is something that you have to learn to forgive them for even when they don't give you an apology. And further than that, though, forgiving yourself for risking for love and for maybe doing some things that are going to kind of develop scars and kind of hurt you, but that you can fix it and you can move forward and you can make a better life for yourself. And you have to forgive yourself for those moments that you were in, because if they didn't happen, you would never be who you are now. So it's almost like you have to thank yourself and forgive yourself at the same time for going through that and learning from it rather than, you know, looking back at it as like, oh my God, I completely ruined my life and now I'm never going to be able to fix it. So yeah, it's all in your head. Yeah. Well, now months and months later, mm-hmm. you're happily in a relationship with yeah. a little angel. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> and the way y'all started this relationship is so different than your others, I would say. I feel mm-hmm. like y'all were friends and really got to know each other for a long time first. I feel like you were definitely the one being like, I don't want to commit. I don't want to commit to this. Like, yeah. I want to feel not single in a way they're going out and going crazy, but just like be myself and stand in my own power, essentially, mm-hmm. and just have, you know, people at an arm's length almost minute at arm's length. Exactly. Um, I think like I learned that like I no longer wanted to rush into things and I really wanted to take the time to do things the right way. If I wanted a relationship again, I wanted it to actually be sustainable and not be something that crumbles midway. And I think a lot of that comes in the initial phase of it because if you don't take the time to get to know somebody you're going to take the time to learn them during your relationship once you decide to commit. And it might not work out because you didn't take all those initial steps to learn 
everything about somebody. And a Mm -hmm. lot of that came with the work on my end of being vulnerable from the front. Like I decided that instead of playing games and dating and showing somebody this best side of yourself and, you know, making it out like you're perfect or all these things are great about you, I just went right into this by being vulnerable and being really honest and showing all of my scars and taking my time and saying, hey, I'm not ready and setting boundaries for that and saying, you know, I needed I and wanted to take more time to get to know him before I decided that we're going to be in a relationship yeah. because that decision, I think, shouldn't be taken lightly, you mm-hmm. know? So we really, I really made it a point and he was really understanding about it of I'm not going to jump into this until I feel like this is something that's worth fully going into. Mm-hmm. And I think I give him a lot of credit too of where, you know, he saw all of my twists and scars and he didn't try to untie them. He just let me exist as I was Mm -hmm. and didn't try to be a hero, which is where I felt, you know, my past relationship, the last one after, you know, my nine-year breakup, I felt tried to be like the hero and try to fix all of those things and Mm -hmm. fill the void for me. And, oh, he didn't take you on dates. I'm going to do that. He didn't buy you flowers. I'm going to do that. This one is more like, I see all of that and I acknowledge it with you and I'm here to stand by you and support you, but I'm not here to be your hero and fix it. You have to do that for yourself. And he had enough self-worth and love to also realize that he wasn't going to, you know, take my bullshit either. And that was also what attracted me. I was like, okay, shit, I have all this trauma and stuff, but you have have self-love and you have self-worth and you're mature and you're not going to be somebody who's going to, you know, put up with toxicity either mm-hmm. you know so that well, like, I mean when you're ready for that relationship it comes into your life yeah you know because I feel like toxicity can be exciting mm-hmm. and it can feel like love in all in all the ways but like you for me at least I like a steady hand mm-hmm. you know what I mean I want someone who's themselves yes. and they aren't going to take shit from you but they are going to be nice to you and kind to you and mm-hmm. again the hero piece there was like I hadn't heard it put that way before and I hadn't even thought about that because I knew Josie's all of the relationships relatively well. I didn't know the first one personally, but I just knew obviously a lot about him. Mm -hmm. And we talked at length about that a lot. And we talked at length about male number two (laughs) a lot. (laughs) And I can just tell how much more relaxed you are with Arthur. And I think it's a testament just being around you guys. He just is so great. But again, you wouldn't have found that had you not gone through the fucking chaos exactly. of the last year and then being pushed to get to know yourself more and kind of untangle things for yourself, like you said. Mm-hmm. And now you have this amazing relationship mm-hmm. out of just heartbreak, kind yeah. of. And you've healed. I think that it's like, it's kind of like what Ariana Grande says. It's like, thank you. Like, I'm so yeah. thankful. I'm so fucking thankful for my ex mm-hmm. because it's true. Like, but it, it really depends on what you do with those. And I think that each one of them was a stepping stone into getting into a healthy relationship. But it's really about what you do with those breakups. You can mm-hmm. choose to repeat the same cycle and do the same thing over and over again. But once you go back and you do that inner work and you see what you need, I always word it as not like what you want in a relationship, but what are your needs in a relationship? What do you really want in a partner? And once you get to know yourself more, and that's the only way to know that, then you can find a partner that actually meets those needs rather than meeting a partner that's going to fill voids because that's the big distinction. And I think for so long, I was repeating the same things in order to fix, you know, my childhood trauma or fix things about those relationships because I felt like that would make me feel better. But Mm -hmm. I really had to do it on my own 
in order to change that cycle and actually go into something that's different and better because that's literally the definition of insanity is repeating the same things and expecting different results. It's not going to happen if you keep doing it over and over again. Mm -hmm. So you need to adopt a new perspective. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy for you. I'm very proud (laughs) of you to see you sitting here and saying like discussing it so outright, not only publicly, because I know like it's not your thing usually, but also like the actual things you're saying. I'm very proud that you've made it from the point where you're texting me on the couch and it's raining outside and it's, you know, you're in your old place and you're like, I fucking hate my life yeah. <laughs> just a year yeah, ago Yeah. to to now. It's been huge. And also like seeing you through obviously like the summer and yeah. all the turmoil that happened there. And it's such good advice for people going through something similar, whether it's listening to you say, you're almost saying like, do as I say, not as I do kind yes, of thing. Yeah. You did some of the right things for sure. So there's obviously tidbits that you did that people can pick up on. But I think it's great that you can acknowledge the places that you've kind of gone awry and things went wrong or why they went wrong kind right. of connecting the dots yeah um so at the end of the episode we usually do like a note to yourself this one i say usually i've been doing it for two weeks <laughs> so i told you to bring a note for yourself this week because this whole episode has been like kind of a note to yourself but if you want to throw in one you can talk about one this week or one that you would say to yourself this time last year yeah i well i think i'm gonna read it yeah yeah okay so well arthur actually got me this book and it's it's just like so kismet of like our relationship because i feel like he just obviously like helped me to see that i needed to like do the inner work but also was very supportive of like my breakups and Mm -hmm. stuff what happened but anyway this book's called a gentle reminder if anybody's ever heard of it it's really amazing and it's all about going through breakups so i highly recommend it if anybody's Mm -hmm. doing that but It says, you deserve to be loved the way you love others. You deserve to feel seen. You deserve to sleep beside someone who tries not to quiet your heartbeat or passion or the way you show up in this world. You deserve to be with a kind of person who loves all of your twists and doesn't try to untie them. You deserve to love someone who does not judge you for the ways in which you kill your sadness. Someone who does not hold your past against you. You deserve to be chosen and never to be loved in halves. You deserve someone who is sure of you. You deserve someone who stays. However, you also deserve to be that person for yourself. For your capacity to be alone, your capacity to be your own home, your own foundation is going to directly reflect the way you love these human beings when they come into your life. When you know yourself, when you stand up for your heart, you do not bankrupt You do not bankrupt who you are just to keep half loves in your life. Love becomes less about filling a void. Love, love becomes less about possession, less about dependence, and it transforms into something that can fully be deeply appreciated and felt because you are not afraid that that loss will destroy you. You are not afraid of being without it because you will know you will always have that in yourself. Oh, that's so sweet. I think that that's very true. I love that. Well, I think that's a great thing to say to yourself every day. Every day, yeah. (laughs) Especially yourself last year, anyone who's going through a breakup right now. And on that note for me, I think my note to myself this week is to be looking inward more. So mm-hmm. in times of chaos and stress or whatever it is, like look inward and find that home that I've built in myself. Yeah. And kind of goes along the same vein, like relax into it a little bit more through chaos. Yeah. I think like trusting yourself and mm-hmm. you know who you okay. are. Yeah. yeah. Things yeah. are going to be okay for you. Remember who you are. Yeah. Well, thank you, Josie. Yeah. Thank you thank for sharing. You finally. <laughs> thank you for trusting me to share. Yeah. And I can't wait for everyone to hear your story. Yeah. I hope it helps people. 
Thank y'all so much for listening to today's episode. You can catch a new episode of Note to Self every Thursday. Please, please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the good stuff. I always want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review if you have a sec. Follow Note to Self on social for all the behind the scenes action and more info about the show at NTS by PS on Instagram and at Note to Self Pod on TikTok. And I'll talk to y'all next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.